Intro. What up, 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 my peoples, my peoples, my mother poop and peoples. We are back. Quality Minutes Podcast. What's happening, man? We're back in a bit. It, listen, it's a special, special day. Number one, we got a special guest. Also, uh, I think the last time we were in the same room together was episode number one. Yeah. Was episode number one, dog. So definitely shout out to because it was the meet the CEOs first. No, we weren't in the same room though. Oh, that was an episode. Either, Either way, way <laughs> we I'm in Michigan. Shout out to Detroit, man. Had a good time since I've been here, dog. Went to the Grio last night, but we'll get into that a little bit more. But definitely, let me go ahead and introduce our guest, man. Let me tell you something. I I got to give him a good introduction because it's my guy right here. First and foremost, it, this dude, this dude is a, a solid with five six, right? Five six. This dude was the most athletic ninth grader I've ever seen. Like he, he was like five six. He was grabbing the rim with two hands. What? Right. He played QB for the freshman football team. Every time this dude ran around the corner, dog six. He's gone. Six. <laughs> Six and he, he he didn't care about football at all. <laughs> but he was just so athletic. He just, he was just out here. Definitely, definitely. But also, but also, aside from that, that this is probably one of the smartest dudes I knew. Like this guy, like straight A's, like all AP classes. You ever met one of them dudes who just got good grades and it seemed like they weren't even trying? Yeah, that wasn't me. <laughs> but this was that guy. This was that guy right here. So we got to definitely give it up to my man, Kenny Bryant. Give it up for Kenny Bryant. Yeah, KB. So first of all, tell us tell us who you are and what you're all about, brother. What's up, man? Ryan, thank you guys. Greg, thank you for having me on the show. Definitely appreciate it. Ryan being super humble because he's the super football star from Latham that we all love and remember. Ryan Williams, the running back, bringing Latham to the playoffs, taking us there from West Bloomfield. We remember all that stuff Ryan was doing time and time again. Hey, hey, we were, we were surrounded by some athletes, man. We had some good ball players around <laughs> us, though. So they made us look real good, okay? <laughs> definitely man i'm just having fun now my family opened up a uh, dispensary called premier provisions we started in ann arbor michigan had to move out to big rapids now we're looking to get some more locations going okay all right so do you all still have the location in ann arbor or uh or you or just oh, try to move that one and it wind up getting caught up into some um red tape with the city of ann arbor they don't want you to move your business license from the location and when we had to move the location they said hey well you're kind of out of luck uh that license is going to stay at that address so we've been kind of fighting going back and forth with the city seeing how we can get some help with that so um we're still working on that move for ann arbor okay oh, wow. So, so talk to us, like, why a dispensary? Because, I mean, I think you are unique in, you just don't see a lot of dispensary owners who are black, right? You just don't see a lot right now. Uh, so how, how, how did you do it and why did you uh, decide to, you know, do your own dispensary? Yeah, well, I started off as a medical marijuana patient. And so um, I saw the difference that it made in my life where when we first were smoking cannabis, it was all from the streets, and those was most, mostly indicas. And the indicas get you the munchies and make you go to sleep. Well, you don't want to do nothing. You don't want to get nothing done, can't be productive. It's pretty much eating and sleeping. I wound up getting a sativa that helped me get up in the morning, exercise. I got motivation. I was creative. And I wound up losing, like, 50 pounds doing a um, T25 program, but I was smoking Girl Scout cookie every morning. And mm. um, when I saw how sativas really helped change my life, my dad's side, and then my brother, and they don't smoke, but they got involved, and now we're a family-owned business with my father and my brother. Definitely. I got I to clap that up. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to the family-owned situation. Yeah. So, uh, so the process, because I always hear about how tough the process is to, like, get that off the ground. Talk to us about that process. 
Yes, it is super tough. The number one struggle that we hear everybody talk about is the uh, capital that's required, the financials that you need to get going. Um, we were very lucky when we started. We started off back when it was still a caregiver program to where we started off very small. We pretty much had a whole dispensary in a backpack where I could put everything in the backpack and, and take it back and forth from the store. Um, very small. And then we grew um, over about six months to nine months, and we grew into a bigger uh, uh, storefront. But we were able to start off very small to where now everybody that's getting license to do it, you're going to have to start off with probably like a half a million bucks to really have a nice storefront because 250 Wait a second. Did you say a half a mil? Yeah, it's getting, and that's and that's on the low end. That's for a low end store. <laughs> it's and a burden to try to meet that is just so crazy because of uh, the banks. They won't finance you at the beginning to get going, so you can't go to the bank and say, "Hey, I got great credit. I got this. I got this business. Can I can I get some funding?" They're like, "No." Um, you got to pretty much uh, uh, get family and friends to donate money and and kind of get going that way now. I think with the marijuana business, like it's like a show and tell type of thing with the banks. They gotta actually know that you're actually making some moves on that kind of stuff. You know, I think because in Michigan, I think they're still kind of iffy, kind of like, well, but they're actually seeing how businesses are booming now as far as that that way goes. So yeah, I can see why you can say that. So I know that like uh yeah. because it's not figure it's not a it's not figure federally like decriminalized, right? So you know, it's regulated per state. And so I know mm, yeah. for early on in in uh in cannabis like businesses and stuff like they had to pay cash like you had to pay taxes in cash like everything is cash is that still the case where you're having to pay taxes in cash? <laughs> yes, we had to make an appointment with the IRS to come down and pay them in cash um because no banks would take it they didn't want to have that much money um, going on. Now credit unions are working with you, but it is. Um, dealing with the credit unions because they got to scrutinize every single transaction to where you're going to pay around 3000 a month just to have a bank account. And that's just ridiculous. Oh, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. One, one second. Let me let me do this real quick. <laughs> that's tough, man. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. And as a as a retailer, we can't even write off the things that most businesses can write off. So with quality minutes, if you guys have a t-shirt store, you can write off your building rent, you can write off your employee payroll, you can write off uh, uh advertisement that you did for quality minutes for dispensary retail only. Can't write none of that off. You can't write wow. off your payroll, building, you can't write off uh your exit debt, nothing. Because it's federally legal and it's a tax clause called 280E. And they used to kind of coin it the Al Capone um, tax clause, where they want you to still pay taxes on what they feel is illegal goods, but they won't let you write anything off except for the cost of goods sold. So it is a headache. He is dropping bombs right now. Y'all. He is <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely. Let, let me. So, so what would. I don't know. You, you got me. I got a lot of questions now. <laughs> what what would uh what would dec- federal decriminalization and federal legalizations do for you as a uh, as a dispensary owner? That would make it so much open to where we can run and operate just like any other legal business. We can go get business funding from regular banks. We won't have to pay three thousand a month for a bank account. We can write off our storefront, our employees, our advertisement. We can do everything legit just like any other business. And right now, it hurts a lot of dispensaries um, because you can't write all of that off. So now you got to up the price for this cannabis and the people are kind of upset. They're like, why is this costing so much? Well, you guys don't know about all the taxes we got to pay. You got to um, keep the lights crazy. on. You got to keep the lights on. <laughs> Actually, for, sure. for real. So so the government is saying, uh, we, we'll take your cash. We'll take your cash, but we're not going to in- incentivize your 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 tax your you know your payments. Like we're not going to you know let you write things off and give you an incentive. But we'll, we'll take your money though. We'll take your cash. So crazy. They say that's what they threw Al Capone in jail for, um, for not paying his taxes on his illegal uh uh, uh businesses. <laughs> that's crazy. That's wild. 
That's wild. So how, since your move to Big Rapids, like how's business going in, in, in Big Rapids? I, I don't, I can't say I've ever been to Big Rapids before. <laughs> <laughs> we came out to Big Rapids because of Ferris State University. Um, there was something new with the sensible policy for drug reform. They said that they were having this big campaign to get Big Rapids on board to um, um, allow medical uh, marijuana. So we heard about that and we wanted to go to a brand new city that had that never had it before and kind of present and roll out this new way of looking at cannabis. So we came out to Big Rapids because um, we were a city that was opting in and we was going to be one of the first to open out here. That's a hell of a move, man, because um, I have some family. That <laughs> Shout out to Ferris and uh, a few of those party stories. Uh, you guys fit right at home being a Ferris <laughs> Ferris don't joke, man. These kids up in Ferris don't play, baby. <laughs> I heard about them. Bro. He said they don't play. <laughs> okay, I got a question. Okay, so as far as your different strands, like, okay, do you also have your license to grow? Or do you purchase those from, you know, different areas and get your cannabis? How does that work? Great question. Um, we do not have a license to grow yet. Um, um, I was a little nervous about growing just because I've never grown from seed to finish um, the whole way myself. I've helped out in grows, but it's a little nerve wracking because if you mess up on your first harvest, you've invested so much money mm -hmm. where you may not be able to sustain yourself for another two to three months. Um, you looking at another 200, 300,000 and it's like, oh, it, it, made yeah. it, a, it made it a little more uh, risky for, for, for our business, not my family, at least. Yeah, because there's a lot that goes into growing. Like it's the lighting, ventilation, the space, trimming. It, the trimming. You got to know what you're doing. Like, and if you don't know what you're doing, like you just you're going to be wasting a lot of cash. Yep, and now they got testing requirements where the state they have the uh the the laboratory they come out to your grocery and they pick some um plants and they just randomly take some cuts and they take it back and test and if you don't pass all the tests you got to throw that stuff away unless you can figure out a way to remediate it but some of it you just got to burn it in front of them. So uh, that's what you, you dropped on y'all, Pookie and Ray Ray over there on Seven Mile. Please do not take some seeds. Start yourself a dispensary. Please know what you're doing first. Please, please. We we don't know if that that ground is fertile and is good for uh, cannabis growth. Like, yeah. Take it easy out there. Take it easy out there. So, like, how you talked about how you um, were using you were you were a medical user. And, you know, you found its benefits. Like, uh, what, what are some other, like, have you, do you have some other, like, stories that you've heard where people have really been impacted in a positive way uh, from using cannabis? Because right now, like, there's a certain sect of people who, who has demonized it and they've, and they're like, it's a problem. It's a gateway drug and all those other myths and fallacies. But, like, kind of talk to us about, like, how is it, how, how have you seen it benefit people? Yes, we saw a lot of benefits medicinally to where we had a bunch of uh, people who are usually battling cancer and they come into the store and they use Rick Simpson oil. And Rick Simpson oil has cured cancer in a lot of their cases. Some people have actually been discharged from the hospital saying, we're not going to treat you with chemo anymore or, or treat your cancer if you're going to continue to use cannabis as a treatment. And those people have said, I'm done with the hospitals and I'm going to oh, use well. cannabis uh, uh, <laughs> right. to battle this. <laughs> and they've had really great success stories with um brick simpson oil we've heard that veterans with ptsd they're getting off of a lot of the uh psycho meds they're taking in their um beating their ptsd with the uh, cannabis and i think the biggest one that i heard is opiate um it's like a big opioid problem out here mm -hmm. and they say that each city that has legalized marijuana those numbers drop so a lot mm -hmm. of these kids aren't overdosing on fentanyl, trying to get this cheap stuff out there. They're going to get a strong indica from our store, and they're able to sleep, eat, and, and, and feel comfortable to where they don't have to go to those illegal street drugs. Right. Those opioids have been having people dropping like flies out there. Ladies and gentlemen, yes. take it easy. Please take it easy. I, it's got to the point where, like, like resource officers inside of schools, they, they have the, uh, what, do, what do you call it, the little shots? When somebody is is experiencing an op opioid uh, overdose, what do they call it? No, oh god, what is it called? Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. 
But anyway, like they've equipped officers with these like shots just in case like kids in high schools are overdosing in opioids. Like that's crazy. Uh, it's also ironic because when, you know, when black folks was, uh, was hooked on crack back in the 80s, they were just throwing us in jail. But, you know. Just say no. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, yeah. Now all of a sudden it's a big problem. I wonder why. Because Becky didn't got a hold to it now. Nah, now. <laughs> oh yeah, that's just different. You know, it was it's different neighborhoods being in fact impacted now. You know, see, I've been watching Snowfall, so all this conspiracy stuff with the government is already in my head. So I'm already like, yeah, I know where this thing came from. <laughs> yes, sir. Shout out to Snowfall, good show. Uh, although I've only watched a couple episodes. Uh, please, that's that's what that's what people keep telling me. Now, let me ask you a question: Snowfall versus the wire i've been hearing this conversation like is it is it arguable because i heard that i'm like that's blasphemy <laughs> the wire was out cold the wire i think had more drama it was a little better well written um um snowfall is to me is based off of rick ross's real life uh the real rick ross so i think snowfall got a little bit more truth behind it to where you kind of stay uh, in a narrow story path yeah, like like he said, like um, it portrays more of the real life during the '80s, and you see how beautiful black communities were flourishing. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they start cooking up this crack, bro, everything went black. You know, everything went left, and it, oh, yeah. it gives you the step by step of how everything went and how people start catching on. Like the Panthers start tapping in, like, oh yeah, they bringing it in, start telling, and they start wiping off people who are talking too much. It, it, it's very deep. So I'm gonna have to say, uh, the wire has it. Just because it has more seasons too. Well, Snowfall or The Wire. Yeah, the Wire has way more seasons, but it's six. It's six seasons. But we only had what two? It's what three seasons? Is... I think I've read. I just saw season four for Snowfall. Okay, so four. So we got two more. It's... Okay, so also we don't work for FX, nor do we work for Snowfall. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> but shout out to a good good shows starring uh starring black folks. So, so how do you answer that question, uh, Ken? Like, you know, I'm sure you get uh, folks who come to you and say, like, this is a drug. You're a drug dealer. Like, marijuana should not be legal because it's a problem. Like, how do you respond? How do you, as somebody who's in the industry, respond to that? We always let them know there's been zero cases of overdoses known for cannabis. So it's something that comes from the earth that has its purpose. God made this plant. We didn't make it. We got to figure out its purpose. Maybe it's not to smoke it. Maybe it's to extract the certain cannabinoids out of it and figure out um, how this can benefit somebody. Because now they found CBN that's in cannabis will just put you to sleep. So some people now are trying to figure out how do we pull out just that one cannabinoid to help people with sleep deprivation to where you won't get high, but now you better to go to sleep. Um, other ones, they're trying to figure out stuff for weight loss. When they figure out that one for weight loss, the women are going to be in the right. night of that dispensary like crazy. Bro, the green is going to fly off the shelves. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. Paper towel stuff and bread. <laughs> Bro, if they figure that out, <laughs> Where do I invest? Could you imagine, like, if instead of women getting their bodies done, they could use cannabis to get get to get snatched? <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> it's gonna be weed clouds over every major city in the United States. Miami is gonna be a cloud of smoke. <laughs> Yeah, dog. So I got a question for you. Okay, so as far as like the vapes, you know how the, the weed oils and those pins and things of that nature. I don't like those pins. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? How do you feel about those pins, man? I seem like they are. They, they seem I like think that is so new. Is it's hard to tell how safe it is because when it first started, there were like this acetate E or vitamin E acetate that they were complaining about. So they had to take all the vapes off the shelves. Everybody had to remove all their vapes until they figured out what was causing um, um complications in people's health. It's so new that I think that finding um, um manufacturers that are doing it in the most organic way, which is um, you want cannabis-derived terpenes. So the terpenes are the flavors that you would get from the cannabis when you're smoking it. 
Some people use artificial uh, terpenes where they just get it from oranges, strawberries, different things. I like it coming straight from the cannabis so I know that they extracted this from the uh, marijuana that was tested. They put the flavor back into the bait cart. So it's a little bit more clean and organic so I can feel more comfortable that this is all straight from the cannabis plant. So I should be more safe. Um, it's so new where I like to look on the back of the, the, the packaging. I don't know if I got one here with me, but on the back of it, it tell you the percentages of what's in there. And when we find something that has maybe only 60% THC and the rest is 40% unknown, we're kind of skeptical on those. We're like, well, what is this other 40% we smoke? Hey, listen, hey, that's that's kind of ballsy to, for companies to just say like, 40% unknown. Like, can you imagine, like, <laughs> drinking a drinking like a, 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 a Gatorade and it's 40% unknown? Like, what? Why? The audacity. And that's a pretty substantial percentage, too. Like, it's almost half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is this? And, and, and I mean, some of the guys don't put it because... Without the barrel juice, what would you say, Ken? They probably are stretching it out. They're probably putting more vape oil in it than it is, you know, cannabis, and it's probably getting them a better profit. Stepped and on, we stepped on. Uh -huh. <laughs> Come on, hey, listen, companies, please uh, stop tap dancing on the doggone product. Please, come on, man. You hurting people out here. They don't. They don't. It's about the bottom line. I'm not into vaping as much, but I do like um, the Claw. The Claw Company, they have this V-Fire vape pen that I use. It's really good. It, it tastes the best. It hits you the hardest to where I don't have to smoke on it all day. Some vape pens are so light that you're just smoking on it all day and you wind up spending too much money for one day. You, you mess around and smoke the whole thing for 50, 70 bucks. You're like, this should have lasted me three, four days. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> and this this here is what I got, which is um, this is a dab rig to where we dab with the concentrated marijuana. This one will save you a lot of money um, if your tolerance doesn't get too high. If you take one of these, it's like smoking three joints. Yeah, so you're good sure. to go. Yeah. That dab is no joke, though. That, that dabbing is no joke. It's no joke. You got to have your wind. They put it in, they make it into this little concentrate here. And all of this would be like maybe 40 to 60 bucks, but it's going to last you a long time. <laughs> so, so Ken, Ken, like, so you all, you know, you all aren't like medical doctors that, that work at Premier Provisions, right? So when somebody comes in, I, I think another criticism about the cannabis industry is that like, you know, regulating dosage and, and knowing how to uh, kind of help certain symptoms or whatever. So, like, how do you help somebody who walks in? Like, I walk in, I say, hey, man, I'm, I'm trying to get something for my lower back because it's so sore. You know, how do you help them make sure they don't do anything over the top? Like, they don't, you know, start off dabbing or whatever. Like, how do you do that? Like, what does that process look like? That's a great question because the state of Michigan won't allow us to give any medical recommendations since we aren't medical doctors. They don't want the people to feel like, hey, this should cure my back problem because I went to the dispensary and he said that this should cure it. So we can't ever give any um, um, uh, uh, statements that say this is going to cure this or cure that. So what we always do is tell people how it affects us. We're like, hey, for me, if I use this amount, you should be okay. We always have them start off very small. Um, we tell them to do five milligrams of an edible. So that's a very, very small um, dosage. And that way you can always take more, but you can't take less. If you overtake too much edibles when you first start, you're not going to want to take it again because you're going to be very uncomfortable. You're going to think you're dying. You're going to be wanting to go to sleep. You're, like, you're going to be mad that you started this. So we tell them start off slow. Give them a very small amount. Take that, wait 90 minutes. If that wasn't enough, take a little bit more, wait another 30 minutes. So we kind of gradually step them into it to where we don't want them to over um, overdo it. We want them to have a pleasurable um, experience. Definitely clap it up. First of all, I, I'm going to clap it up for not only 
uh, that, which you just said, but also, you know, not only just being responsible, but this brother knows his stuff, people. Yeah, Let's yeah, give it up. Yeah. This <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he ain't out here just like, yeah, bro, I was toe up. I was so fried, dog. You need to try. You need to try this gorilla glue, bro. I was so fried. <laughs> I think that's what helps us stand out as a dispensary is people really love to come to us for recommendations because all of our staff um, uses cannabis. So we really tell you, hey, I know that this Gorilla Glue says that it's a wake up, but this puts me to sleep. Um, so I don't know if it was something different with this harvest that happened where there's a different phenotype in it because the phenotype is kind of like a mother and father having children. All your brothers and sisters are, are a little different. They come from the same mother and father, but they all a little different. And so you might have got LeBron um, on the first batch and on the next batch you get his sister. And you're like, this ain't as tough as that first one I had. It's like, right. well, yeah, right. it, ain't, it ain't the same. Not his sister. <laughs> That's a, that's, a, that's a fall off, bro. Right. Sister, man. At least give me Draymond Green. Like, I. <laughs> I think that's what's like good about dispensary. Like, there's a lot about cannabis that a lot of people don't know. Like, me, I'm, I've always been a, a marijuana smoker. Okay. I can't tell you where I've got it from and all that. But as far as. <laughs> far as like the bio on certain you know what i'm saying on different strands and sativas and things of like that i would have never known unless i went to a dispensary man and you got to have people like you man yep. who actually can describe it and tell you exactly what to look forward to you know what i'm saying so shout out to y'all yep. you know what the hell you're talking about definitely you know? thank you thank you definitely because now i know it's certain things that i smoke in the morning time versus different things that i smoke at night because they're gonna have a different effect and i, I don't want to go to sleep at 9 a.m I want to get up and be ready to do some stuff. So right. you got me. I'm just rolling up. He rolling dice every time. He just out here just. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. <laughs> right. Joker voice. Here we go. Flame on. Flame on. Hey, so Ken, let me ask you. So where do, where do you see? uh what do you see the cannabis industry in the next five years it looks like you know there are a lot of uh states that are you know pushing for legalization a lot of legislation being uh presented in, in different um you know different states so where, where do you see it in the next five uh ten years i'm hoping that we get to federal uh legalization but then i'm a little nervous that once that happens it's going to be the bigger corporations that come in and kind of take over um, where your big old uh, uh, beer companies, tobacco companies, they're going to wind up buying out all the stores that are open up now. And that's pretty much a lot of people's business plans. They're all like, hey, we're just trying to get bought out in the next five, 10 years by a big corporation. Um, wow. They see that it's coming and they know that they got the money and the funding to do it. So they're kind of setting up these portfolios. So a, a Philip Morris to look at them and say, yeah, we have pay $100 million for your 20 dispensaries um, because we want to get into the field now um, and time to take over. So a lot of people are kind of seeing that it's going to be a corporate takeover in the next 10 years. What we're trying to do is kind of establish this more local brand, kind of like your local brewery, to where you still would want to go see founders of beer or uh, whatever beer brewery Bells. that you really love that's more local. Bells, that's what I was thinking of, Bells. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> Definitely, so like I, I, I appreciate that. Like that. Yeah, for sure. That's where that's where it's headed, right? Because I mean, you know, you, you, of course, we we enjoy a, a nice Bud Light, sure. right? We enjoy a nice Bud Light, but I mean, it's something different about like going to your local microbrewery and like you see the guys who have who have uh you know made this beer or made this uh, or brewed this beer, and it just tastes different. There's a different taste, and the other yeah. thing is like. With those bigger companies, you know, they, I think because they have to mass produce, they, you know, they, they don't use those, the same quality of products to produce that stuff. You know what I mean? That exactly. like that a smaller uh, organization would. I agree. 
Yes, that's exactly it. Because I was asking a guy, I'm like, how, how are these big companies going to be able to get the cannabis to taste the same and have the same effect each and every time that I buy it from them? And he was saying that it's going to have to be mass produced, kind of how they do tobacco. And it's going to be all put together as one big homogenous um, um, uh, pile of cannabis. And they say that's the only way that they see that they're going to be able to get a consistent um, taste to it. And that's going to be not as appealing for most can of sewers because we've come to grow and know Girl Scout tastes like this. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> you say Hannasaurs? I like it. <laughs> Definitely. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, where's my, uh, what you call it? Is it? Where is it? Where is it? What am I looking for? I don't have my horn. Oh, we just got to clap it up. Can of sewers. Clap it up for can <laughs> Can of sewers, I like it. I like it. Uh, because you know, again, that's just what happens, man. When you start to mass produce something, is the quality of it uh starts to decrease. And I think cannabis is, is probably one of those things that you don't want to lose quality on, right? Because the, the power is the quality, like the, the impact is the quality is about quality, right? And and in the and the effects that it'll it might give you, right? Exactly, yes, 100 percent definitely a hundred percent. Man, you know what, man? Side note, look, to all you states that still haven't legalized this, man, grow up. <laughs> like Tennessee, like, man, get it together out there, man. You still put people in jail for a gram of weed? Yeah. Cut it yeah. out. They're just so far behind. It's like, let's catch up and move beyond this. Because uh, that's why I got into it was my history teacher, Mr. Sleet, I remember being in history class, I was like, dude, I was like, well, I need to learn this. This happened like a million years ago. He was like, exactly. well, history repeats itself. You need to know it so you can take advantage when you see it repeating. And it just reminds me of prohibition all over again. So exactly. Like, exactly. exactly. You are absolutely right. See another Italian jumping on a boat and come and take over another land. Nah. <laughs> I, don't see it happen. I don't see that happening anytime soon. I don't see that happening tomorrow, though. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, shout out, shout out the Boardwalk Empire too. I don't know if you ever seen that show. That that show is essentially about uh prohibition back in the uh the twenties and thirties and forties. So, if you have not seen Boardwalk Empire, check out Boardwalk Empire. Also, we don't work for HBO Max, so that's <laughs> it. Uh, so tell me about like, what are your thoughts on CBD? Like, um, you know, CBD is is essentially like you know marijuana's cousin, but without the um uh, the psychedelic effects. Like, what are your thoughts on CBD? Hold on, before you ask, yes, see, is that the same as uh K2? Would that be in the same kind of nah? Because what was that K2 stuff they used to sell? You remember that stuff? That, yeah, K2 super harmful. It's synthetic marijuana. And so, what these guys were doing, where they were finding all these chemicals that weren't illegal, but they still are harmful to you. And so, the government would go ahead and make it illegal, and then they would just find a substitute for whatever illegal uh ingredient they put in there they go find a substitute and do it and that stuff was hurting people man they were like losing their mind and and fighting with their parents and and i can't remember if they had some deaths with k2 but that was a real bad um situation for about a year or two that k2 was just harmful that's what was terrible and then the cbd What's cool with CBD is it's non-psychoactive, so you won't get high smoking CBD or using CBD. So it's a great way to kind of usher somebody in who's like, hey, I'm really having some problems. I need to go to sleep or I got this uh, pain in my knees, arthritis. I don't want to get high. I got kids that I'm nervous about. I got a grandmother that doesn't want to, well, for whatever reason, that they're uncomfortable using it to get, get high at the, at the beginning. This is a great way to introduce it to them because once they see that this does have some benefits, then they start to get a little bit more open to, well, maybe I'll try a little TAC with it because we always tell them CBD is great, but if you have the entourage effect of CBD, THC, CBN, CBD, all these different cannabinoids together, you're going to get an even better um, result all if right. you use it all together. So de definitely shout out to CBD. Uh, we got there's a ton. Uh, so I'm in North Carolina, which is, you know, has not legalized uh, marijuana. 
And um, <laughs> so, uh, so what we see is there's there's a ton of CBD dispensaries like all, all over the place. So I think I mean it's a it's a smart move on these people who are opening up these uh, places because once legalization happens federally, they could just transition right to the um right to the marijuana. So, you know, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> that's definitely the truth i believe that a guy that was up at u of m i think he went to north carolina to start his cbd farm i think that's where he had went to in north carolina and he's doing really well all they're doing this because cbd now you can um sell that across the nation that's the hemp is uh federally legal mm -hmm. i believe so right. you can uh ship wherever you want to mm -hmm. so if somebody a, a young young individual who wants to get in this industry, who wants to do what you want to do, right? They want to open up their own dispensary. Like what, let, three pieces of advice that you would give them, you know, when it, when it comes to getting into this industry, what would you say? Don't get discouraged at the beginning because it's going to seem almost like there's no way in. Um, it's going to be very difficult at the beginning. Just finding a location is probably the hardest thing you're going to um, um, come across trying to figure out how to do I wouldn't get discouraged. I would then find some type of store that you look up to. And I would either work there for six months, intern. I, I would do something to get my feet wet, just understanding the industry so you have more of a realistic expectation on what you want to uh, do with your own store. The third thing would be to get with the right group of people whether that's your mentors or your attorneys. Um, um, I believe that the attorneys at the beginning for us was very helpful. They helped um, um, us understand the law to where we weren't getting in trouble before we got going. So finding that right group of people, lawyers, mentors, consultants, that's the third piece that's gonna really help you. Cause the one guy always told me, he was like, if you wanna go fast, go by yourself. But if you wanna go far, go with a group. So if you get the right group with you, you will do well. Wait a second, we got a message. Yeah. Hey, you know what's funny? It's funny about that. I just read that somewhere too. I promise you, today I just saw that written somewhere, man. So I appreciate that's a good piece of advice. Let's let's DJ or air horn. <laughs> so uh hey, uh we all we all are the same age. Um, how about this year is our 20th um to go to Our 20th year <laughs> high school. How about that, bro? That is crazy. Like, where did the time go? 20 years? Huh? Nah. Hey, let me just say this, man. This dude, Ken, this dude, I this dude is the most positive dude I've ever met in my entire life, dog. This dude is always smiling. He's always trying to have a good time. I remember prom night. We was driving past a hotel, and I just saw him outside the hotel room, just going wild, like just going crazy, like, hey, like is that I was like is that Ken? What, what is he doing? <laughs> He's a wild boy, man. <laughs> that was a great oh, night. <laughs> I, I'm sure. He was probably mad. I'm like, why is he just so happy all the time? Like, bro, I, no, we were. I would run into him up in Ann Arbor. <laughs> Cause he went to U of M and I see him and he would just be, he would just be partying. Like, like, dude, you are Rick James, bro. Like <laughs> minus the cocaine and, and other stuff. But go blue. I'm glad you mentioned that. We have a great time, man. I just, man, I like to smile and have a good time. Shoot, we only live once. Might as well enjoy it. So you're an alum from Michigan? Yes, yes, yes. And I, that's why I learned about all the uh, cannabis. That's what that's who really taught me about cannabis was Ann Arbor. And I'm the hash bash. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hash bash is still going on, man. That thing be uh, woo. To our, to our listeners who don't woo. know what hash bash is, can you all explain what is hash bash? Hash bash. I don't even know if it's actually legal. Like, I didn't know if it was even legal, but I know this is the only time once a year that you can go up there to Ann Arbor and people just smoking bud, bro. And it, it, it it, yep. nobody's getting stopped. And then you just, it's like a cloud of smoke when you walk in there. It just, it's just a heavenly place for marijuana. Okay. You know, 
Yep. Yep. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> you got politicians there that's advocating for it. You got um um people with uh, epilepsy, different medical problems that's advocating for it. And then you're able to smoke. And it was kind of like this protest against the government. And hash bash was a really um central part of getting legalization going because that's kind of where MI legalized kind of jumped off their grassroots efforts after um piggybacking off a of hash bash and getting signatures and different things like that and most of the people who work with hash bash work with MI legalized mm -hmm. so it's kind of uh the, the grassroots movement to kind of get this thing legal you're right man you're right another question about the, the university of michigan man let me take off my damn shades man <laughs> Scoot over there so you can see. How did you feel about uh how do you feel about Jim Harbaugh, buddy? Oh, he can go. <laughs> um did, did they get rid of him yet? No. Well, he's still there. He gave an extension. He's still there. Nah, he should have been gone. He I really thought he was gonna be our savior. I thought he was gonna come in and turn that program around, and it has been the opposite. I'm 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 putting my money on uh Juwan Howard now. I got my hopes Let's just go, banking Juwan. on basketball. Let's go, Let's Jay go, Howard. Baby. That's what I'm talking about, Howard. Let's go, baby. Take all the recruits. We need all that, man. <laughs> hey, definitely, that. definitely shout out to Juwan Howard. Like he he's he's done a good job with that program, man. Like to, to be a, a uh you know his first year there, man. That's pretty good. So I shout out to the Fab Five, man. And what was so cool at the Fed Five was uh, Jimmy King had came to our store up in Ann Arbor, and he wanted to get with us and do some things. And so I thought that was so cool. I wasn't even there. And they called, like, Jimmy King here. He wanted to meet you. I was like, I will be there in 20 minutes. I thought that was so cool that he wanted to be involved, and he reached out. He saw we had a black-owned store. He wanted to uh, do some things with us. So Jimmy's going to have some stuff coming back out, I believe. He's uh he's working with some guys, and hopefully our team back up with him. Up here in Vic, I really didn't want to do too much. He wanted to uh, um, launch off of Ann Arbor, since everybody know the uh, Fab Five in Ann Arbor. Right. That made sense, too. For sure, that makes sense. Shout out to Jimmy King, man. Shout out, man. Shout out, shout out yeah. to Jimmy King. Yeah. Um, so I, I think also like we're talking about marijuana and legalization, like we, we, we got to talk about how, you know, now there are a lot of people benefiting, you know, uh, state governments are benefiting off of the, you know, the money made from, uh, legal marijuana sales, but we still got people locked up behind bars who, you know, for, you know, marijuana possession charges or distribution charges, you know what I'm saying? And so, again, that's another incentive to, like, let, let's let's make sure we federally legalize, but also expunge those records yeah. because, you know, that's just, like, you can't have people sitting behind bars for marijuana possession and hella people are out here smoking weed. <laughs> like, that's crazy. It's weird. That's weird. It's so crazy, man. And most of the folks has been locked up, like you said. I know that um, this group in my legalized, I was talking about, I believe they helped get Michael Thompson out of jail. He was like in jail for 20 something years for some marijuana charges. They wind up getting him out and then they had a fundraiser to actually get him his house. They got him a house maybe like a month or two ago. So they're trying to get that expungement going. And I think the latest I heard is they want to make it free. They want to make it to where you don't have to pay to get lawyers to get this exposed off your record, they want to have like an automatic expungement, I believe. So that's going to be key. The next thing they're trying to do is the social equity part, which is I thought Oakland, California did a great job. What they did was they said anybody who's been locked up for marijuana charges, we're going to set aside half of our business licenses just for you guys who've been locked up because of marijuana. And so they set aside half their business licenses just for people that got out of jail. That's solid. Are they are they also providing like, you know, uh so like, you know, these dudes, they know how to hustle and they know how to grind, but like there's a, is that yellow tape, you know what I'm saying? And there's like those things that you got to make sure you know about as well. Like hopefully they're they're providing that education as well, you know, how to navigate the industry, how it stands now. That's where they kind of started to uh uh fall off a little bit. Just what you said because it was uh the funding that they needed and understanding all that yellow red tape they were finding that most uh, uh, white guys with a lot of money were going to these guys and saying, hey, since you're eligible to get one of these licenses, we have front you the cash and stuff. But they basically were owning 
majority of that company. And so the guys that were supposed to benefit really weren't getting the benefit from it. So, yeah, that was the next downfall. <laughs> I always want to take them. There's always something, man. It's always something. <laughs> yep. They need a program that's going to help do those two things, fund them and then give them the, uh, the human capital, the knowledge to know how to get this off on the right set. Our attorneys and accountants, they do give discounts for people that qualify for the social equity program. So there are certain groups that's trying to help out and kind of get this going. But it's so hard because everybody at the end of the day is trying to make a dollar and they're just going to take advantage of you if they can. So <laughs> that's what it's all about, man. People want that dollar, man. Yeah. 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 So. Your, 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 you had talked about like wanting to expand and get uh different locations. What is uh, you know, where, Southfield. where's the next move? I want to go to Southfield, I'll go back to the field, back to the field. <laughs> That's right, hey, I think back dope. to the field. That's a hot spot to be right now, man. That'd, that'd be dope, man. We would kill it in Southfield just because I know that culture so well, that group where I could just come in there and lay something out that we would just love. I'm like, man, I would hit this right on the nail for Southfield because we, we're like this cool group of folks, but we not niggas. We like black folks. So it's cool. <laughs> but there's a lot of niggas out there yeah, now. Y'all got some niggas now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hey, but listen, I, listen, man. At, in my older age, I'm starting to appreciate places like Southfield and, and, and Oak Park and Ferndale because there's not a lot of places around the country like those like those cities where you have working class to middle class black people. You know what I'm saying? And it's majority black people. Like you know what I'm saying? And it, and it's not you know it's not a crazy because most people when they say like you from Detroit or Metro Detroit or outside of Detroit, they feel like you know you grew up in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they got don't be a I mean, menace to society in their head. Like, they think it's, it's like that. But yeah, it's like the slums. Or some yeah. But, right. but that's not always the case. Like, we have some we have some solid, like, black and communities of color that, you know, that are flourishing and have been for many years. And you just don't see those those neighborhoods like that uh, everywhere else. Yeah, can I? No, definitely, definitely agree. I went to Old Park, King. OP, shoot, that same, that's that same thing across the street. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know, man. Yes, sir. Oh yeah, yeah. I, that's where I grew up, man. That's where I met this guy. Oh, yeah, he was, bro. yeah, he showed me. Yup, yup. <laughs> okay. Shout out to Einstein <laughs> Elementary. Shout out to the Eagles. <laughs> Shout out to Mariah Carey. Want to throw that out there? Shout out to Mariah. Yeah, real quick story, Ken. We were uh, so when we graduated from Einstein Elementary in the, in our neighborhood in Oak Park, they had us sing Mariah Carey's "Hero." You know this know this song. <laughs> and so uh, his last name is 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 Willis, and mine is Williams. And so uh, we were, we sat next to each other during graduation, and then we were singing our hearts out, man. <laughs> and then a hero comes along. Can you finally see the truth? <laughs> All right. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Yeah, that shout out to Southfield, though. We still don't know why Mariah was the. Because uh... we was heroes, man. We had to find the hero <laughs> inside of us. Is that what it was? That's what it was. <laughs> Message. The there you go. Message. Message. Find the hero inside of you. Find the hero inside of you, y'all. Some of that legal weed over there in Premier, man. For real. <laughs> yes. Yes. So any anything else you wanna you wanna tell the people about the industry or anything, any pieces of advice or just anything like about just tell us about Premier Provisions. Like, you know, uh where can we, where can they find you? Uh, you know, what website? What, what tell us more about pr Premier Provisions. Our website is premierprovisionsbr.com. The BR stands for Big Rapids. Um, on there, you'll be able to actually meet some of the bud tenders. We have a little section on there. Um, we build relationships with our customers. We know them by first name. We know what's going on with the children. When they got this event going on that, we build a real rapport with these guys. So we actually put our bud tenders as like the stars of our store. 
our billboards, you will see all the blood tenders on our billboards, on our website, they're standing out. So we really like to highlight the people because I think what makes us special besides the products are the people that we got working there. That's what really makes us special. And you know what? That's what I appreciate because that's really, that's what we're about at Quality Minutes is just highlighting the people, highlighting people who are just grinding every single day and working their butts off. And you don't have to be LeBron James, but you can be, you know, Kenny Bryant, who's running his own business and showing up to work every day and, and changing people's lives. Because that's what you're doing. Like, you're changing people's lives right now, man. Thank you, man. I definitely appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Heck yeah. Definitely appreciate that. That makes it all worth it, Ryan. Thank you, guys. Well, you my guy. You my guy, dog. You my guy, man. This I'm telling you, dog. When I saw this dude jump up and grab the hoop with two hands, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like he's he's a he's five six on a good day. Like <laughs> I'm five six right now, and I still couldn't do that. Right? <laughs> Sheesh, that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We did. Oh, you remember them them study sessions when we had AP statistics together? Remember we used to. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm already up with Benny, and I ain't gonna say the other, but yep. <laughs> Yes, sir. <laughs> My man, Benny. Shout out to Benny, man. He ain't learned a thing at them study sessions because of the girls we had over there. Couldn't hey, learn. I used to go to your house and study for two hours, and I got to go home and study for another hour because I, I ain't getting <laughs> We'd be down there listening to Jay-Z and, and uh, albums that was out. Everything else, but <laughs> yeah, everything. And Ken, listen, let me also say this, man. You know, so I ain't, I ain't riding, I ain't riding. But my man Ken used to come through with some, with some. He he knew some some ladies, man. Like and not and, and like Al B. Shore, man. <laughs> <laughs> he knew he knew he knew some good looking young ladies, man. And I'm like, Ken, where are you meeting these girls? Because they wouldn't go to Lathrop. They'd be just like, Ken, Ken, where were you meeting all these girls from, bro? I have no idea, but I just, I, <laughs> I hated dating girls that went to my same school, because I used to always see guys, and after class, they always got to go walk with their girlfriend. She got to go find, I used to hate that. I'd be like, I ain't none of y'all to go here. They all went to Renaissance and Cass and Ford. And right. That's, I, <laughs> I think I, I only had Shoot. one old park girlfriend, and everybody else was from somewhere else. I, I I grew up with them. Like I, I'm tired of seeing you. Know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm tired of seeing y'all. I know what y'all are about. Let me go see what's going on in Lathrop, Southfield, yeah. Ferndale. You know what I'm saying? What's yeah. Up, hey, listen. Hey, shout out to the girls who went to high school uh, together with, and um, they kept themselves together because uh, <laughs> it was because uh, so <laughs> <boy. laughs> hey, you said that. <laughs> Can't wait to see y'all at my 20th reunion, boy. Oh, Red man. coming in with a vengeance. I Ooh. remember that Martin episode when he won the man of the year for the <laughs> reunion. I'm coming to that boy with a checklist. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you know that boy like, woo-woo! <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> hey, bro, I'm coming in with that but, same But look, can, can, is that, but is that, is that, you know why you go to reunions so you could go stun on all the folks? Is that is that why you go to reunions? Ooh, for ooh, that's a great question. I, I think the older I got, the more I just value um my friends I had when I was younger. Because it seemed the older you get, the more BS people come with, where you don't really get right. to know them. Really, they they want something from you. Where if I could just go back and hang out with the guys that we was just throwing a ball around, hooping with, I feel more comfortable with doing that nowadays. Yeah, I hear you. That's why me and this guy has been friends for 27 years. It's been a long time. A long time. Man. Wow. Now, that's a great friendship right there. Yeah, see, y'all got to hold on to that, man. Oh, no doubt, man. I, I ain't got no choice, it seems like, at this yeah, point, bro. Right. <laughs> I met this dude in the fifth grade. We met in the fifth grade, bro. Wow. I said, we were talking, wow. good, we were talking chicks' problems back in fifth grade, bro. Great. <laughs> <laughs> night, like, bro. That's how we do it. These women were unstable, or maybe we just didn't. I, I don't know. We just we learned early, man. We learned early. Bro. I'm I ain't, I ain't jumping. Hey. In. I'm not gonna second that at all. I'm just gonna I'm gonna stay safe. 
And in the fifth grade, we thought those problems was real. We was like, we got real problems. <laughs> I ain't going through nothing, though. I ain't going through nothing at all, though. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> we ain't even started scratching the surface of the problems, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Miserable. Like, man, you see how she walked down the hallway today and even, she didn't even look at me two times, bro. You gotta let that go, dog. You gotta let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Sometimes back it was tough. I'm excited too. Because there's a lot of people not still around after 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, we lost a lot of people, so you know, it's a blessing to even talk about our 20s. True, man. That's true. We because we lost some too, man. We lost we lost a couple folks on the way, man, and you know, for all types of reasons. So yeah, it's it's yeah, definitely it's. So it's a blessing to like to be able to sit here and talk to you, man, Ken, and be able to, you know, podcast with my brother here because, you know, we, we don't have to be here, but we are here. We're here. We put it So with that being said, we always ask, like, how, how do you make your minutes count? Like, that's our moniker. We say make every minute count. So how are you making every single minute? Your 1,440 minutes a day. Like, how are you how are you making that count, Ken? 1,440, baby. I got to take after the Puff Daddy quote where he got that one song where he say, I hustle like there's no time left on the clock. Everybody hustle like it's tomorrow. I hustle like there's no time left. Oh, wait a minute. Let me. <laughs> Message. Got to hit him with the Diddy box. Right. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Hustle like there's no time on the clock. Hustle like there's no time on the clock. That's yeah, yeah. What about you, Greg? How you making your minutes count? I'm making my minutes count by knowing where I came from, always respecting where I came from, and trying to be better where I'm going. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's how I make my minutes count, man. I hear you. I hear you. How about you, buddy? Um, I, you know what? I, I'm making my minutes count because I feel like I'm always trying to learn something new. You know what I'm saying? And I think that sometimes we get complacent because we feel like we've arrived. But I feel like I just I got There's a lot of things I need to learn about. There's a lot of things I don't know. So I just want to continue to learn, listening to different podcasts, you know, aside from the Quality Minute podcast plug. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So that's that's how I'm trying to make my minutes count. So you, you want to. um. Do you got any businesses that you want to plug? Any other businesses aside from your own that you want to kind of uh, share with the folks? What I've been trying to do is I've been trying to get other Black people involved in the in the in the industry, and I've been having some um, hurdles. I didn't think it would be that hard to get other folks that want to kind of join up and team up. It's still like this separation thing we got back from slavery, where it's like. The blacks don't want to get together. And then I don't understand why. But one lady who's really been really good at bringing us together is Anquinette Jameson. Um, um, she goes by Q. She has a company called Culture. And she's actually uh, the former um, um, uh, TV direct TV host on Fox 2, um, Anquinette. And she wound up getting MS. So she um, retired from there to focus on her treatment and helping other people with their ailments and dealing with uh, cannabis. But Q has always uh, looked out for us and always putting us up on new things to do. She introduced us to Dana Nestle, the attorney uh, general, to try to help us understand the next level on how to progress things. So she's really been a great mentor that hasn't wanted anything from us, but just to provide a way to bring more um, people of color together in this industry. So I definitely want to shout out Q. Check her out. Her company's called Culture, spelled with the Q, Q-U-T-U-R-E. Um, she does CBD only products right now. So it's really cool to help people out that um, want to, um, they sit online with her and they have CBD tea and she will tell you what's helping her with her ailments. Um, she asks you what's going on with you and she'll give suggestions. So Anquinette Jamerson with Culture is excellent. Um, somebody I definitely want to shout out and plug her for sure. Definitely shout out Antoinette Jamerson. Uh, we'll, we'll put that in the comments. Put that in the comments. For sure. Um, I have a, um, um, it's an independent family. Husband and wife, my, buddy, my man Brad Joplin, he makes tumblers. Mm -hmm. 
custom tumblers, man. Him and his wife do amazing jobs, bro. <laughs> yeah. I have a few of them myself. I have a, uh, a Black Mamba. I have a uh, Charlotte Hornet with Muggsy Bogues and Larry Johnson and Alonzo Morning on there. I don't know what their actual business name on Facebook, but Brad Joblin, J-O-B-L-I-N. Shout out to my boy Brad, Black Owned Company. Keep on doing y'all thing out there, brother. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I want to plug. It's another apparel company uh, based out of North Carolina. It's called Naya Elise. Naya Elise, the guy he's been, he been making T-shirts uh, for for a long time and, and, and other kind of clothes and apparel. Uh, his his uh, his tagline is Carolina culture, but it's called Naya Elise, named after his daughter, I think. So uh, definitely shout out. I, I don't remember my man's name, but uh, but go go check him out. We'll put his uh, his information in our comments. All right. All right. So it's that time. Quality music recommendations. You got any, what, what you listening to, man? Something that you could share with the folks. Oh, I've been listening to Nipsey Hustle for sure. When you want to get in that grind mode, that Nipsey Hustle. I just played that last album. I'm good. You just let it play. Yes. R.I.P. Nip. Neighborhood Nip. <laughs> I'm going to keep it career too. Um, Snoop Dogg has a brand new album out from the streets to the suites. Oh, it's uh produced by mm -hmm. an, uh, Oakland, California DJ. Mad bangers on this joint, bro. Okay, <laughs> mad bangers. Shout out to Snoop Dogg, my favorite artist of all time. Salute. Um, I don't have my phone, but my wife just sent me this. Uh, sent me this album. It's just like straight like African dance music, bro. I can't even think of the name of it right now, so I'm not even gonna plug it. <laughs> but uh, I've been listening to that. Um, R.J. Payne. I think I might have plugged. I might have talked about R.J. Payne, but I've been listening to a lot of R.J. Payne. If you don't know who R.J. Payne is, he's a rapper out of Philly. He's got just bars on top of bars on top of rap. Like if you just enjoy rap, rap. RJ Payne is your guy. He's gonna hit you over the head with a lot of with a lot of stuff. So um that's what I'm listening to. Ken, we took a 10-minute car drive, bro. I don't know what my playlist was on. All I know, we had a bar overload. RJ Payne and Conway. It was just bananas. So we gotta ask because we asked everybody this. Do you know about Griselda? Griselda Blanco? No, no. So it's a rap group based out of Buffalo, New York, called Griselda, right? It's three dudes, West Side Gun, Conway the Machine, Benny the Butcher, and they got a, uh, another girl named Armani Caesar who is fairly new to the group. But like, I'm t if, you, if you like rapping, rapping, these is, this is your homework. You go listen to some Benny the Butcher, Conway, and West Side Gun. I'm telling you. Only group that were signed by Shady Records and Rock Nation at the same time. Yeah. Oh, I'm about to bang that tonight. I'm about to listen to that tonight. <laughs> listen, West Side, West Side Gun. Let me tell you that West Side Gun got hella love for Detroit. You know, he got he'll drop he'll drop like bars about Detroit. He'll talk about wearing buffs. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he talking about new wave. Yeah, man. West Side, West Side is the is that guy, bro. He's got some great merchandise. But for Oh, let's see. You all right? This is what you need to go listen to. For Benny, I would go listen to "Plugs I Met." So write that down. "Plugs I Met" is is. For, what, what are you gonna say? Tana talk. Depending on what he like, but I would I would go with "Plugs I Met" too first. "Plugs I Met," and then Tana talk for sure. And then for West Side Gun, go listen to "Supreme Blind Tail." Supreme Blind Tail. West Side Gun. Be prepared to hear a lot of gunshots too. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for Con for Conway, oh, there's a lot of Conway, John. Reject two. Reject two. Go listen to those. Reject two. Everybody is food. Okay. It's, it's so much material. They remind <laughs> me of all those classic mob deeps. Uh, the locks. The locks. Just mm. all of them just mixed together, bro. It's just crazy. Yeah, bro. yeah. This sounds like something I'm going to I got to get up on this. Yeah, Can so. You smoke weed. <laughs> 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 yes, go get you some of that sativa. 
and go pop in, <laughs> pop in that Benny, pop in this West Side. You gonna be like, you gonna I tell you, call me, let me know what you think, bro. I promise you, 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 you gonna love it. I got. Yeah, they always give us a call. Yeah, and all, but also we don't we don't work for Griselda Records either, so um, yeah, or Shady Records. So, hey man, Ken, man, we appreciate you, brother, man. It was a good time, man, talking to you right now, bro. So, uh, success, man. Welcome to the Hard Work Hall of Fame. Well, thank you, man. Quality minutes. Love you guys. Appreciate what you're doing. We're gonna be plugging you guys too. I love this podcast. It was super fun, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, and we got to get out the big rapids sometime. Uh. Far is big rapping from here. It's like north, it's north of Grand Rapids, so it gotta be like two and a half to yeah, almost three hours, probably. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I know we go anywhere close to Fair State, it's going down. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up, man. All right, man. Well, livequalityminutes.com. Go visit livequalityminutes.com. Go buy some merch. Also, the Fry Guy. If you are in Detroit, the Fry Guy Festival. Wait, this is probably not gonna be released uh until after the Fry Guy Festival. It don't even matter. Fry Guy Festival, we're going to poop y'all up because is the building, merch is for sale, podcast is going to be rolling. Ken, you're going to even, it's going down. It's going down. It's going, hashtag, it's going down. So we love y'all. Say it. Like, subscribe. We love everybody. Mama, just for having you. Gang, gang. Brr. All right, we out of here. All right.